And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, and we are back with a new episode. And tonight, excuse me, tonight I had the premiere episode. I tried to get this man on the show a couple of times, but because of production failure, it didn't quite work. But tonight, I got back on the show, and we're going to do it right this time. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, you know, perhaps the greatest big man that ever stepped in the ring, professional wrestling in the CSRA. You know, I put him right up there with the common man. You know, the common man, great wrestler. I hope we get him on the show one day. But tonight, it's about this gentleman right here. This guy, he's been a world tag team champion. He's been a North American champion. I think he's been a Georgia Southern champion. He's been hardcore. He has been the, uh, the I call this man the uncrowned heavyweight champion because he won the championship. You know, and in some type of controversial fashion, he won the championship, but he never lost the title. And that's because AWF management dropped the ball on that. And we're going to discuss all that tonight. But ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to bring in, he's been a rival of mine. Been one of my toughest opponents I ever stepped in the ring with. And I'm going to go on record and say he's probably one of the hardest hitters I've ever, I've ever been hit with in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Wolfgar. Well, thanks, Bill, for having me here. And just to say, production problems, let's just say it's true. Dickless here don't know what the hell he's doing, and he screwed everything up. Ah, And he's ready to get Wolfgar to kick his ass because he knows he don't want Wolfgar on your show. Because Wolfgar tells it how it is, no matter whether he likes it, anybody likes it, Wolfgar don't mince words. You got a good point there, Chris. And ladies and gentlemen, also on this show, he's my co-host on the show. And he comes in and out sometimes. But he's the production manager of Touch My Bass Productions. And he will explain his reasons why he fucked up. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Dwayne Dickens. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah. I'm glad to have you here, man. Well, let's just Don't be intimidated. Let's, Wolfgar let's, ain't going to fight you. I'm not intimidated by Wolfgar. I mean, I'm cool with Wolfgar. I've been cool with Wolfgar for a long time. And though he stomped me in the... Testicles a couple times, you know. Couple. He, he <laughs> called this move the abortion. <laughs> God, the abortion. I forgot about that. I <laughs> didn't, that actually took a while I to perfect. I mean, literally, the abortion. <laughs> I never forgot about it. I remember scoop slam, stump on the chest, half turn, turn back around, stump on the nuts, and then that was the abortion. That was the abortion. <laughs> that, was his, that was his setup move. For his finishing splash, and I was the, I was the one that actually, <laughs> you perfected that on. Well, actually, I I came up with the idea for that one with Kyle Matthews. Yeah. And me and him Somebody actually started practicing that, and yeah, it was you the one that I finally perfected it on. The abortion, your contribution to birth control. That's Ask awesome. Nova. Speaking of Lizzie Nova, you mentioned in the last podcast show when Joe Dirt. Now you actually stated that that Lizzie Nova got dirt on everybody except you. Have you had any ring rats, Wolfgar and AWF? And there are quite a few ring rats we've had. Yeah, there was quite a few. And out of curiosity, I mean, my friend, I've never had one. I Who mean, was there was favorite? one that I wanted, but Who was she? I don't remember the, her name. But she was with the Dark Alliance at the time. Oz Knight was the leader. Oh, She's the oh, one that right. came out in the leather. The model. Oh, yeah. Chris, you had her, didn't you? I'm kidding, Chris. I'm kidding. Close. She was your valet. Oh, she close. She was my valet. She was close. Because, I mean, she was Oz's yeah, valet. No, was that the one that was undressing in the back that pissed all the wives off? Yes, Everybody yeah. also wanted to yes, be in the back when she yeah. was undressing? Yeah. yeah she was wow. Always, and she was always coming, getting in those leather boots, the mistress outfits. I was the only one back there licking her boots. You were licking her boobs? Boots. 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 Oh. Hey, if oh. I was licking her boobs, that would be I'm something to totally say. different. Hey, Wolfgar. Uh, uh, it's supposed to be about to... wrestling. We've got any ring rats here. Hey, that is a form of wrestling. That is true, too. Yeah. So she was your hey, favorite Ro- ring rat? That was the Roman Greco wrestling. Uh, no, what was the what was your what, what was the worst ring rat you've ever saw at her in AWF? The worst? The worst one. Uh, the one even Wolfcar would turn down. Dale Cheryl. <laughs> Damn. And in season two, I hit a 
another zinger right out of the park. Wow. Um, wow. Um, what was her name? Um, Del Amanda. Cheryl? Oh, Amanda. Oh. I thought you were going to say Jeremy Cruz when you said she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amanda had a reputation. Yeah. And. Because, I mean, one point she was coming out with Unchained Aggression. And I'm sorry, she could not take directions if it was on a GPS. Damn. Because mm. we were telling her where she needed to stand, what she needed to do at certain points, and she's just standing there blank face. So, I mean, I would say Amanda was the worst one. Okay. Well, let's 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 move on past the ring rats here. You know, I don't want to hurt Chris Dickinson's feelings here. We all know about yeah, that. Yeah, since he was a middle class one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to that story later on about his ring rat was raped in the ring right in front of him. That was a tragic experience. We're, we're going to address that issue later on this season. I promise you. What? Oh yeah, Dale Sheriff raped his uh one right in front of him. And he just stood there and he thought it was a work, so he didn't jump in the ring and do anything. There's no story to tell. There's no stories to tell. I'm sorry. I, I ain't trying to pick on Chris. We're not trying to pick on Lizzie Noe. It was just funny. We just did a show earlier about Lizzie Noe. I just, I just can't stop laughing about it. But anyways, anyways, let's get back to business here. Wolfgar, I want to talk about um, your first time being North American champion. Now, there, here's a story here, and I want your opinion about it, okay? It was a big, big argument that I had with uh, Fury at the time. This is 2009. We were wanting to put the North American strap on Demon. That was Nick. What was Nick's last name, Chris? Uh, I don't remember Nick's last name off the top of my head. Uh, well, if y'all look I him up in the AW days, days, his name his name was Demon. He wrote his name was Demon. His first name was Nick, you know. And, well, anyways, you know, the, the guy paid his dues, you know, and we really want him to win the North American strap. Fury, for some reason, wanted to keep the belt on you for about six months to a year. He was trying to build prestige. And the whole board was pissed off about it. Kept arguing, arguing, arguing. And finally, it was agreed upon where he won the belt, got skirted, and lost it, something like that. But you, it, was, it was a situation involving you in your early on in your career with the Dark Alliance. What, what's your thought process on that? And I'm going to try to explain you the reason why, but not against you. Nothing against you. We were trying to go in a different direction, and Fury was being very, very difficult to work with. I mean, keep this in mind. He wanted to put the belt on Jim instead of someone like, um, at the time, a young promising talent by the name of uh, Midnight or Kyle Matthews. You know, he wanted to put the belt on Jim, a guy who bitched and bitched and bitched in the locker room, caused so much freaking drama, and all of a sudden he's going to get a freaking belt. That was another big fight we had. In it. But I'm curious, though, in the early days of AWF in 2009, when you first got involved in politics, what's your um, thought process in the whole situation with Nick? Uh, we well, were trying to I put mean, the belt on him. Because you were the champion at the time. Yeah, I was the champion at the time, and I think – the, one of the main reasons why Fury liked having me as champion oh. is because I know there were certain people over certain belts. And yes. at that time, Jay was over the North American. That's right. And every week, I would be calling him to discuss certain matches of how he would want it. To, because from my understanding, nobody else really who held belts would really call and talk to the person over that belt. But every week, I was on the phone to Jay saying, um, this is who I want to fight. And at the time, I was doing a thing of, I would fight anybody, any style match. Right. And I had that go from Chris Dickens from day one because I told him, this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to present the belt. I want it to be presented in a way that nobody else has presented a belt. And I think it's that reason why Jay wanted to keep it on me for longer. It's because nobody has ever really done that. And I don't think anybody else has really kept in contact with them about how they want to uphold that belt and tradition. You know? Well, I mean, in my defense, I tried. Every day I'm on the phone with somebody trying to talk to the business and try to get... I, wanted, I was trying to keep everybody on the same sheet of music, which seemed like an impossible task. But I tell you what, God, we would get together, we would talk, and it seemed like by the time we were done talking, that person that person or person already had their mind up what they were going to do, regardless of what they talked about it. It was just a constant fighting that I could, I could not forget to stand. 
You know, that was the, the, the bad thing about the corporate politicians part of AWF that couldn't stand. But you ended up, um, you know, um, you got past that situation, and you find yourself in a situation where finally, I had to push for this too. Finally, it was a situation between me and you. I finally got on lockup because, you know, in the early part of 2009, we kind of like eyeballed each other in the barn. You know, there's a, there a few brawls between Alboy and AWF, you know, that me and you kind of got to try to pull us apart. You know, and it finally came about where I was um, I was taking a small break. My uh, my wife at the time had her had her son William who was born. And my first match back, I think it was Liberty Death in two thousand nine. We were the North American champions still because you just you've already beaten Tim Gagner that big merger between the Georgia Southern North American. I think Tim beat you, but you ended up getting the North American strap back. You know. Well, is, no, the way it merged was that um, the DA was. Interfering through a whole show. Yeah. And Chris Dickens finally got tired of it, and he said it was going to be me and Deathbringer in a title versus title match. Uh So, me and Deathbringer came up with an idea. Well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do a good screw job on Chris Dickens. So, when the match happened, we did a rock, paper, scissors, two out of three. Uh And he went down, and I became the... um, North American North champion. North American and uh, Georgia Southern State Champion. Well, Georgia Southern State Champion, I didn't ever tire though, after dedication, though. So you you, you maintained uh, the North American Championship, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, it was... Actually, the North American was retired and the Georgia Southern was bought, brought back. But when I beat Midnight for the Georgia Southern, I retired the Georgia Southern and brought back the but North American. North American, right. Well, the Dark Alliance North American. Right. But what happened was they coming into a matchup where AWF had to find another big man who could maybe match strength with you or go toe to toe with you. And finally, the big, the big, you know, which did have a good public blip at the time was the first meeting we had as Survivor paying one on one with Wolfgar for the North American title, and it's one of my favorite matches, man. You know, but what do you remember about that first time we locked up on? Well, well, I already knew your strength from the um time we did the, the master Nelson. lock challenge yeah the yeah, master lock Nelson challenge. challenge yeah and the look on your face when you didn't break it straight off like you were doing everybody else but i mean i knew your strength from that and i knew i was going to be in for one hell of a match straight out it was a hell of a I fight mean, i mean you gave as good as i gave i mean well, if me and you, we didn't hold back, I don't think. I think I tried to, I mean, we would say something back. It's like, hey, look, you know, don't hold back on me. I ain't going to hold back you. But let's just go out there and tear the house down, man. If you want to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You want to slam me, I'm going to slam you back. We're going to go at it. And we did, man. We, we went at it pretty pretty hard, you know. But my, I think my favorite memory I have you, Wolfgar, and I want to tell this story. I think it was a tag match. When the whole lot of us there. You know, we're kind of sort of goofing off in the match, but it was a match where I think it was, uh, I can't, I want to say Tim was my partner that time. We were taking on you, and might have been Big Tim. It might have been a six-man tag match. Chris might have been involved in it, too. I think it was too. a six-man. I think it was a six-man tag match. We were supposed to win the match, okay? And I'm in a position with you where you did, like, some kind of avalanche splash or the typhoon splash. If you couldn't know who typhoon was, where you jump well, up and what, you hit me. Well, Dude. more or less what I did is, I just went ahead and did like a power slam on you, uh-huh. and I go, well, I think to finish this off, give him a splash. Good splash. Yeah. And I go, well, I know he's gonna kick out, so I'm just gonna make it look like I'm going for a pin, and at two he's gonna kick out. So I roll you up. I hear the one, I hear the two, and I'm just waiting. And next thing I hear is three, and I go, what the hell just happened? Uh, I remember the, Big June. Dude. I remember that one. And I come at three, and Big Jim was like, No, we're not supposed to win. Three. Dude, I couldn't kick out. You, when well, you freaking hit me, I felt my rib bones touch my spine and back up out of my stomach. All the wind was knocked in my body. I literally could not freaking move. I was like, out, I Oh, my, you cracked my rib. You know, it was one of the last matches I did before I went out on paternity leave for my son being born. But, you know, it was like, Oh, my God. Yeah, I ain't never been the same thing. I think my right rib bone, man, you fan smacked it, dude. I was swollen. I was I was hurt, man, for a while, you know. 
So I knew to come in the next time. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna let you do too many splashes on me again. And I think the first time I um, well, after that I took it a little easier with the splashes. Would you? You did. You learned a little bit better. You know. Well, let's but move on. No, we had we had we had we had yeah. You 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 had a reputation of a greenhorn. You know, I'm not trying to. Let's go back and forth here in this one scenario here. But you know, here here's a situation where it's before dedication. Of 2009, the 10 years blood, sweat, and tears. Now we already know you're going to be locked on in a big matchup with Tim Gagner, but you were getting an opportunity. Oh, I'm sorry, I was getting an opportunity to challenge the champion before dedication. But there was a situation where your son Andrew, insane clown, yeah, was in a situation with Justin Chambers, where he was getting attacked by Chambers. I'm not sure who else was involved. I remember you asked me. Should I run there and go and help him? I'm going to get a situation. No, that was not Justin Chambers. No. That was um, over at Dale's. No, no, no. This is before Dale got here. This is another situation. I, 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 know, I know what you're talking about there with, with Dale's place. This happened in Modoc, South Carolina. Oh, that one. Okay, what, that, what it was is I was running camera at the time, and CJ was in his mass persona, and it was him and somebody else beating up on Andrew. Yeah, insane clown. And as I as I'm just standing there, I'm just because I'm not supposed to be in it, not expecting to be in it. Chris looks over at me and tells me, "Go get in there and help your partner." Right, right. So I, that's what I did, and unbeknownst to me, I mean, I did not know I hit CJ. I mean, shit like that happens. Oh well. Of course. I mean. If he had a problem with it, he should have said something instead of the bullshit reason he said. Well, this is what he did. He grabbed his bags. He comes up and tells me, oh, my, I think it's my granddad or somebody had a heart attack. I got to go. I'm like, oh, man, dude. Well, okay. He left out there with David Clark that night. Now, David Clark, now, he may not freaking know this and everything, but David Clark called me up and said, Bill, we didn't go to the hospital. We went to the freaking movie theater, saw the new Friday the 13th flick that came out. What was, he got pissed off because you freaking hit him. You rocked him a little bit. He was so freaking pissed off. I remember him saying in the freaking match, if you ever hit me that hard again, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I said, my dad, and you were throwing your hands out. Well, dude, I'm sorry. It was an accident. I was just, you know, because you were still learning at the time. And, you know, I thought I felt like that was a little bit unprofessional on, on CJ's part. Well, my you know, thing I didn't is, know if you the whole story at the time. I'm finding all this stuff out later on. Because, I mean, I didn't find out till about maybe a year and a half later. But my thing is if I did something wrong, one, you got to realize I was still learning the trade. One, mainly because every time I went to practice, nobody wanted to teach me. Right. All they wanted to do was teach the smaller and younger guys. They said, because every time I went, they said, okay, you just sit there, watch, we'll get to you. And then when and that was when they were done. Dale Sherrill and Jimmy Cruz got in the picture. No, they weren't even in the picture yet. That was when I just started. And then, I mean, none of them were trained. So me, Don, and Jim, we would get together out at Jay's and get in the ring and train ourselves. Right, right. And then after the show we had at Dale's, they said that they would help train us. We went over there, and their training was shit. Plain out. They just mainly had us run ropes and do grapple. That's about it. They really now, did not teach did us any moves. you did in 2010. I know you did do a couple of training sessions with Timothy Black with Tim Money at IWE Intense Wrestling Entertainment. Do you remember that training sessions? I went to one. Yeah. Yeah, and because I was nervous and all, I couldn't get the backbone strike so they wouldn't let me do anything. Yeah, you were a little nervous that day. I do remember that, you know. I mean, I did everything they asked me to. I mean, I was trying to do those backbones, but... Because I was nervous in a ring I wasn't used to, I just couldn't get my back bumps right. Right. And they wouldn't let me do anything until I did a... Yeah, I got you. I got you. I mean, I can understand what they were were getting at. Right. So, I I mean, I'm not upset about it. I mean, things happening. Hey, I got nervous and I couldn't do it. Well, I think this time period now, I believe it was in 2011... You know, Fury got his push at the heavyweight championship. They had a good match series with Oz Knight. You were having a success with um, tag teaming with Chains as untrained aggression. I'm sorry, untrained aggression. Yes, sir. Okay. Look, just keep looking. 
What? What? Just watch. Watch. Keep looking. Keep. Do you see that light blue sky over there? Yeah. Keep looking at it. Yeah. Just watch. Okay. It's just clouds. See? But, see? Oh, okay. See that? That's just a little lightning, buddy. That is. That is creepy. Oh my gosh. That's fine, buddy. It's just lightning. It's a different color of lightning. Yeah, but what does that mean? That's like a little heat lightning or thing. It's, not, it's fine, son. Sometimes the color of the sky might change the color of the lightning and everything. But anyways, let's back to business here. Now, you're in a situation where, like I said, that this whole year of 2011, you know, you were getting some good opportunities as to run the tag team titles with um, Untrained Aggression. I was the same year you did the Bumbling Idiot, and you teamed up with Oz Knight as Captain Obvious, and y'all got over so well as a tag team. Moreover, as Untrained Aggression. I'm sorry, Untrained Aggression. And but I also push you into running for possible run at the heavyweight title because as Wolfgar, you're doing two different gimmicks one is the bumbling idiot, and one as Wolfgar. Okay, you were struck by lightning from Wolfgar and give you this super power strength where you're going to be known as unbeatable. Tell me your experience in that situation with that, and tell you about your and we'll get that experience with you being the bumbling idiot and how well you got over. But the question I'm going to ask you. Between Wolfgar and Bumbleity, not everybody can do this. Okay, this this my opinion should give you credit on your talent. Okay, as a performer, as a wrestler. Okay, when people saw the Bumbleity and Wolfgar, there were two different people. There were yeah, two different wrestlers. The matches were different. Unlike some people who wrestle under a mask. Okay, we know we know who that guy is because they don't change their style up. Okay, theory and chains run into that problem. He get mad at me, bitch me, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm calling like it is. It's not me shooting on him. I, I'm just being brutally honest about it, okay? And, and Christopher, um, he was very talented with Riddick and Chris Dickens. People had no idea that Riddick was Chris Dickens. You did the same thing, my friend, as well, the bumbling idiot. Um, to be honest, I mean, out of my two favorite wrestling characters who I've per- made the bumbling idiot from uh-huh. there was one of them that actually he did two characters because I will say that part of my character is off of wrestling number two I mean that's where I mean that's why I wanted to start out the gimmick it's because wrestling number two was my favorite wrestler of all time no matter who it is you know but the main one that really put something out there to me was Owen Hart Right. Because not only did he do Owen Hart, he did Blue the Blazer. Blue Blazer, that's right. And, I mean, yeah, you could tell with the body, the hair sticking out from under the mask, but he kept the two separate. Yes, he did. And that is how I learned how to keep the Bumbling Idiot and Wolfgar separate. And he is one of the main reasons why the Bumbling Idiot was born. We can give him... Him and Mr. Wrestling Number Two each have half credit for bringing about the Bumbling Idiot. Now, when you guys wrestle as the Bumbling Idiot and Oz Knight was Captain Obvious, y'all had so much chemistry. And I'm watching the fans. I'm commentating these matches this time. I was doing the Boss Bill Blanchard gimmick, and I'm watching the fans' reaction. Dude, it's embarrassing to say. Sometimes the only time the fans really got involved. When you and Oz came out, and y'all did Captain Obvious and a booming idiot. It got over. The crowd was in y'all's matches. The fans were cheering. And all of a sudden, I told, I told Jay, we got to put the tag team belts on. Dude, the crowd's behind them. We should, we should push these guys, you know. Yeah. What was your experience? Okay, what was your experience of being tag team champions with Oz Knight versus yours Wolfgar with chains as untrained aggression? And y'all really didn't get a hold of me. Y'all were known as a dominant team. Maybe more like the like the powers of pain were dominant, but the crowds really didn't get behind y'all. When you're with Oz, the bumbling idiot, kept obvious, the crowd got behind you, man. Well, you gotta realize with the obvious idiots, it was more about going out there, having fun, being ridiculous. It's no matter. It didn't matter who we fought. I mean, yeah, we started out just as a jobber tag team, which we were fine with because I mean we wanted to go out there and help the other teams look better, get them up and going so they could get there to the belts. Right. That was never our plan. 
you know? And then finally that one day came up and they said, look, we're going to have y'all start winning some matches. And then eventually we want y'all to take on the tag team titles. So it got to the point where y'all had us win the number one contenderships for the titles. And then when it came for the time of the title match, the champions backed out because they said they didn't want to lose to a Now, who team. were the tag team champions? Dale Sherrill At that time, and it was Chambers, Aiden right? Josiah Aiden and Josiah. Justin Chambers. And they said they did not want to lose to a tag team that had less talent than they did. Wow, they actually said that. Yeah. I they, need Chris Dickens over here. Chris Dickens, the owner, the CEO. Talent relations. You. Because Chris can verify it. Now, can you verify what Wolfgar just said? That Agent Josiah and Justin Chambers stated, we're not going to put over the bumbling idiots because they have no talent or they have not, enough talent compared to them where they, they thought it would ruin their gimmicks if they lose it. Now, I do remember Jay and Josiah saying something like that. that was the case. That was their argument for it, that they felt like they were not in their league, that they didn't deserve to drop the, for them to drop the titles to them that they needed more training under their belts, that they just wasn't uh, up to standards, as they said. Now, did this just come from Agent Josiah, or did it come from both of them, Chambers and Josiah? Both. Both of them, huh? Both. All right, that just got verified. Now, let me ask you this question. What did ABF management do about this? At the time? Was this during a time where it was the Jay Don Asha, or is this... You still had some runnings back then. I was commentating at this time. Uh, I think that was during the Jay Domino show era. And your best of your knowledge, what was Jay's solution? Uh, I don't mess with confrontation. I just kind of let it go. So how did they win the belts then? If they refused to put them over, Wolfgar, how did y'all win the belts? Um, best to my knowledge, um, I think that well, they, they dropped, dropped, it, them to they somebody dropped else? it to somebody else. And then they got stripped of the belt, and then they were put up in a either three-way or four-way tag team match to where the um, bumbling idiots won them. Talk about some egotistical bullshit, man. Oh, you got I mean, my thing is, it doesn't matter if they're on your level, below your level, or above your level. If they've earned the right to get those belts, you should have enough guts to go out there and lose like a man. That's a professional thing to do. This is a business. Because business to me, if you have to go and say, we're not going to lose them because they ain't got the talent or the, um, I guess, the um, heart to that, do this. That is just dealing with to people me, who think they're a fucking shit, don't sting. Coming from someone who used to tell me, you're only as good as your opponent allows you to be. That, that is just trade up bullshit, man. Yeah, if I get him on the show me, again, I'm going to full-fledged no, ask him that, you know. Me, to me, that shows that they have no class, no respect for their opponent when they make comments about other people. All right. Well, let's move on here, dude. Let's get but your then serious career. Wolfgar and Chain. Right, right. The thing is, okay, we weren't meant to be liked. From day one, Wolfgar's motto has been one thing. He's not there for titles. He's there to break bones and make people bleed. And when him and Chains got together, it went the same with the tag team. I mean, it went the same. We both started doing the same mentality. Even though we had the belts, it just made it easier to break bones and make people bleed because then they were chasing us. Now, if the people got into them or not, I mean, yeah, it did matter, but for the way we were coming out, it really didn't matter to us, you know? But, you know, on the other side, it did matter, you know. It was, we didn't make it show like it mattered, but it still mattered. Because we did like to hear those boos and odds at times. That's right, that's right. Because, I mean, when you get booed and odd, that still means they're paying you that respect. Yes, that's true. Like, Very true. when you got a heel and they're going, yeah, yeah, clapping, that's giving them respect to what they do. The ooh and ahs for the villains are the same way. That's still showing them that respect. That they're doing what they need to do. Well, let's put up to the main event of this podcast, my friend. This singer's career. This is a big this is a big opportunity for you. A lot of guys, and, and this is where me and Fury will never ever see eye to eye on. Okay? A lot of guys 
busted their ass, okay, to make this thing happen for you. You have paid your dues in this business. This was your time to shine, okay? Just like the ones who busted their ass, put fury over, this is a situation for you. We came up with a storyline where you're going to become undestructible. You got hit by lightning, okay? Where you get the powers of not to feel pain, I guess what. And you wiped the floor over half the roster. I'm talking, not only did you whoop Dickens, you've whooped Night Stalker. You've whooped Relic. You've whooped the... Sorry, I got distracted. You've whipped Night Stalker, okay? You had an incredible match with Survivor Pay. I wonder to myself, I hit you everything I could, wouldn't do a thing, and you totally wiped the floor with me. I, I, I felt like I put you over the way the company wanted me to put you over. There were some people accusing me, saying that, uh, I remember correctly, Night Stalker called Christopher, Don Brown, I called Christopher and said, hey, we're trying to do this thing with Wolfcar here. I know it's going to get big Survivor of Pain, but, but we're, we're, we're trying to push Wolfcar here. And Chris said, don't worry, Don. Bill's got this. He got something special planned for Wolfcar. So I went over the mindset to try to make you look like gold. I was not worrying about, listen, I'm not going to sell Survivor of Pain short here. No, no, no. I'm big Survivor of Pain. I'm a former champion of the world. I'm a United States Marine, damn it. Hell no. No, dude. You paid your, you paid your time to this business. Okay, so I was more than happy to get in the ring and put you over. You know, you put me on one freaking move, one freaking I'm screaming in freaking pain. Everything I tried to do, what freaking work? Dude, you wiped the floor with me. And it was over in, the, what, 10, 12 minutes, I think. You know, it, it, it made it it made it made right. Yeah. And then you win number one contendership. You're the number one contender for the title going into the biggest show of the year. Show is probably bigger than uh, de- uh, Dedication. I'll talk about Halloween Massacre. Okay, you're getting ready to face at the time the heavyweight champion Christian Theory. Okay, who was who was had some good matches that year as well. We're building both you guys up for this top spot. But here's the thing: you, you did a big master plan of you the mind games, the mind games of who was Fury, the father of the Dark Alliance, had half his friends turn on him, including me. In the same night, I attacked Fury's leg. I took him out, put him in the sharpshooter. I smashed it. I hurt him. I beat him up, okay? And this is why I want Chris Diggins to come in and defend himself in this whole logic. I want Chris Diggins to come in and defend himself in this whole logic. You know, where you guys had the freaking match. And Fury with that ring, well, I ain't going to sell Fury short, you know, did not freaking sell his leg. He walked around like he wasn't nothing wrong with him. You guys had, what, 25-minute freaking match? Almost a 30-minute freaking match and everything. So, come on. Okay. What was the reason Chris Jiggins had to be there and kept interfering? He wouldn't sell his freaking leg. He wasn't putting you over like you were an unstoppable freaking beast. He kept trying to freaking fight you like there wasn't nothing wrong with him. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you were controlling the match, when he would try to mount his comeback, Chris would interfere. Man, Jay wouldn't take it home. Jay would tell me later was, I didn't get a chance to get my combat in. That's all he kept saying. He's like, I'm not going to sell Fury short. I wanted my combat in. Chris kept interfering, so I kept kicking out. Okay, explain to me about psychology here. Where's the freaking selling? You weren't selling your leg injury. Psychology is a big man who is 100% taking on someone who should be less than 50%. You shouldn't, I mean, logically would stay, he would have wiped the floor with him. The special type of ability Wolfcar has is unstoppable monster, which everyone in the roster couldn't stop. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and hey, explain from your side. There. Go ahead and put it out there, man. I was gonna, pissed off. I was so disgusted, I just kind of walked away. When they started this unstoppable Wolfgar unbeatable, I'm going to say flat out, I hated it. I hated it. I did not like playing that type of person. Because, I mean... Well, this is just me and Jay and Christopher had. I'm going to say this real quick. The, the idea was this, Wolfgar. You're supposed to turn into someone like Vader, okay, who beats up his opponents, okay? Not walk around just taking one shot to one shot up feeling anything. That was not me. Okay, that was them. I'll let Chris here admit that. I'm like, I didn't come up with the idea you should get struck by lightning. I come up with the idea that something inside you woke up, you freaking snap, and you're going to be a monster freaking well, beast who comes to the ring and beast motherfuckers up. You know what I'm saying? Not where you just stand there idea. and people thought like, well, Wolfgar's not selling. That's fucked up. I'm going to kick him for real. Being sell for me, I'm going to fucking hurt him. Like the Spanish motherfucker, Billy Johnson. Yeah. That son of a bitch got a Phil would go kick to his nuts because of what he did to me. Because 
He wasn't even supposed to be in the match I was in. Because after the match was over, he came in and started to interfere. I was still playing it off. And he was like he was giving me low blows. And I wasn't feeling a thing. Right. On that third one, he actually connected. And he said, if you ain't going to sell it, I'm going to make you sell. I got him in the corner. And I feel, I feel go kicked him. Because to me, whoever gets in that ring should know what's going on. Exactly. If they don't, they don't need to be going on. Nope. Because you have video evidence of that. What happened one night when I lost, when I blacked out. I remember. Yeah. So if, there's always video footage of that night. But my what about is, a situation with Noah Fury though? What what was going through your mind? Well, this is your big is, moment. This I mean, is your opportunity to become champion of the world. Did you tell Fury at all, hey, it's time to take it on? Why you keep kicking out? Actually, no. There were times, I mean, it was like, okay, we would get started. And, I mean, we had it to where I would mainly keep the match where I would be the most dominant. And then I would let him know when to take over. And, as, and there was a point when I did, and when he did, what? Chris got involved. Chris kept interfering repeatedly, yeah, right? Yeah, because when... Whose idea was it for Chris to come out into the ring? I mean, was Chris part of the Dark Alliance? Was he the mystery father? Was that Jay? No, what was actually, the reason why actually, Chris, Chris showed up and kept interfering? Chris was not the father. Jay was not the father. I mean, that was... The father gig was just a mind thing I came up with to get Fury off his game, to get everybody to distance themselves from him. Because I knew what I was going to bring to the ring. And I didn't need nobody else out there trying to. So I came up so with the idea. So were you confused when Chris came out there? Did you know Chris was going to come out there? I mean, Actually, I knew he I, was going to come out. I had no idea. I'm sitting there watching. Like, okay, why is Chris coming out to the ring? Chris you know? mainly came out because he was showing his support for the Dark Alliance. at the t- Because I think it was after that match he lost with the Bubbling Idiot that he went kind of screwy in the head. Was that the famous night or I was last day, I think, where all of a sudden something crazy happened and someone wanted to mention the other promotion's name, which I'm not even going to go there. You know, well, I went by Chris Dickens over here real quick, Chris. Come over here, boss. Like I said, this is not attack against you. I just don't freaking remember. I know at that part of the whole equation, the situation, what was the deal? Why wouldn't Fury put Wolfgar over the way he was supposed to put over as a, as a you know as a monster, why he wouldn't you know go down when it's time to go down? Why he kept kicking out and kicking out? You would interfere. He would kick out. You would interfere. You would kick out. Well, What's came, going on? I came out in that match because at the time I was basically um, I wasn't the father of the Dark Alliance, but I had aligned myself with the Dark Alliance. I aligned myself with them to be somewhat of like my I guess you could say protection, my bodyguards or whatever. Right. Yeah, enforcers. So I was part of that match for that reason. We we had already talked about me being out there during the match. We had set up at one point for me to interfere. When he would go and get his comeback, I would interfere at one point. That would just kind of rekindle mine and uh, Mr. Fury's rivalry. That was the plan for that one. But... I did the one interference, and Wolfgar took back over. And, you know, standing off this side, I kept noticing kick out. Kick out. Really not selling the moves, not selling anything, kicking out. So, you know, my thought process is, what the, you know, excuse my language, what the fuck is he doing? That is not in the plans. That is not what we talked about. He claims what you guys talked about. You were supposed to only interfere one time. One time. And he said the reason why he kept kicking out was because every time he kept interfering his comeback. He wanted his comeback at some point, his hope spot. But the thing was, his comeback was supposed to be ended by my interference. Uh That was supposed to do it. And Wolfgar was supposed to dominate the rest of the match because Wolfgar was supposed to be a dominant champion. He and after two Wolf Paul slams, he was supposed still, to get pinned. He was supposed to get pinned. That second slam, he kicks out. And I'm sitting there going, in the back of my mind, going, what are you doing? That is not what we talked about. So I interfered. And he kicked out. And then he started raising his comebacks. So I interfered again. 
I even told him one one of the answers, like, you're supposed to stay down. I need my comeback. No, that's not the plan. You're supposed to stay down. Get out of the damn match. Pin like you're supposed to. Yeah, you're, this is this is happening during the match. During the match, y'all arguing during the match. Yes, and you're telling me to stay down. Stay and he down. says, "I want my comeback." I want my comeback. I'm not going down like that. And that's not what we talked about. Was that what we talked about in the back? Uh, that he would get that comeback after I interfered. The way it was, really, the way we talked about it was that when I told Jay it was time to start his comeback, he would start it. And at a certain point during that comeback. Chris would interfere and stop at, in that comeback, and I would take back over. And that was it. And then I was supposed to finish dominating the match. Because and then two Wolf Paul slams, and that was it. Because Wolfgar was supposed to move away from Christian Fury, and then we were supposed to start rekindling a feud between me and Fury going further. Just kind of, you know, living little trinklings of it until we went full-blown that's Chris Dickens versus Christian Fury again. But the thing is, is that that whole thing went to, you know what, because he let his ego get the better of him because he wanted a comeback. And the same thing happened during a match, I think it was uh, Night Stalker and Chains, where a match was only oh, supposed to go for yeah. like five, five or ten minutes. And Wolfgar Wolfgar both of them and right at the beginning of it. And all of a sudden, over. 15 minutes later, start going out. I'm like, Jay, what the hell? Okay, like, that well, the fans want to see us do it. They want to see us fight. Like, what the bull fucking shit, dude? Wolf got totally ruined Wolfgar's credibility being a tough man. He chokeslammed both of y'all. And that's, that's, you know, and that's exactly God. what I believe it is. It's, it's the ego talking. Because somebody was getting a better shot. He wanted to take his chance to showcase himself instead of giving the opportunity to Wolfgar to raise that, you know, that flag and be the champion and the crown holder of AWF. And he kept going and going and going. And the match, it didn't end the way it was supposed to. And the title, and I am so sorry for that, that the title reign didn't go as planned. I think one of Christopher, my I want to ask you this question. Hold on, Wolfgar. I want to ask you this question. The fact that Night Stalker, Damien Sig, or no one's relic at the time, myself, Survivor, Payne, you, I could name others who put Wolfgar over as a stick of a monster. What made Fury different than us when he says, well, I'm not going to sell Fury short. He was just like, I- I'm not going to put him over that way. Because he was worried about himself. In your opinion, what's your comments on that? That's the same thing in 2007, 2008, uh-huh. whenever um, AWF had shut its door. AWFX had shut its doors, and he was doing UWW, whatever. Right. And he put the championship belt on himself, and, and then turned around and put the secondary title on chains. And it was supposed to be until somebody came, and then he. Defended the championship successfully. Well, I don't want Chains to be a transitional champion. When it comes to his gimmicks and his creations, it has to be top tier for him because that's just how he works. That's his mind process. I'm looking out for him. Rick Flair said it best. You know, you, you quoted it a million times. Yes. In this business, you look out for you because nobody else is looking out for you. And that's his mindset. In this business, he's looking out for numero uno. When in AWF, we were looking out for everybody. Yes. That was the mindset of it. And that's the damn mindset of all these damn promotions is that everybody doesn't look out for everybody else. They look out for themselves. Now, granted, it's an independent promotions. It's independent wrestlers, independent workers. You're working for yourself. But at the same time, you're in the ring with somebody else that you have to look out for. This is supposed to be a brotherhood, and that's what AWF was built upon. Mr. Fury, Mr. Garganus, did not follow suit with that by not going with the protocol that we had talked about to finish the match. He wanted to make himself look good, and in that in turn makes him a selfish son of a bitch. I Me said and him it. got into a big old fight, and all he could tell me was, "I ain't gonna sell Fury short, man. I'm sorry." And we got into a big nasty argument. But it says it wasn't about you; it was about Wolfgar. One thing I want to make clear is that when y'all brought up the thing to me about the heavyweight title and y'all wanting to put it on me, I did tell y'all I was like, I didn't want it. it I know y'all told me I deserved it. It was my time. But I want to make it clear and let everybody know I did turn down the opportunity for the belt. And and y'all know this. Yes. And actually, I think it was me and Bill that actually talked you into taking it. Because I had the same mindset in 2009 of not taking the belt. Because to me, I told y'all, I wasn't worthy of it. 
I wasn't ready for it. I by mean, you yeah, telling me that, American by you telling me that, Georgia Southern Belle, yeah, I could see me being it because of the way I was. But I was, to me, I was not the material of heavyweight champion. But here's the thing, though, Wolfgar, by you saying that, that proved to me that you was worthy. Because you, were, you, you weren't thinking that you were bigger than the sport, you were bigger than the business, you, you, you couldn't sell your social, no. You were done right by the company and by, when it came time to put somebody else over by title, you were done the right thing. I mean, you were proving your ego, you know, wasn't bigger than the company. Or the well, promotion, I mean, or the or, or the business, or just, or whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not. But shortchanging Jay or anything because I mean, he's a great guy. He's yeah, a he's great, great guy, great wrestler. And I mean, yeah, there was a lot of stuff wrong with that match last night, but one, I still had fun with it, and yeah, it went on longer than what it should have. I will will agree, and I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from nobody, you know. But I mean. There was just stuff that happened. I know that you were upset, though. You were upset after it was I'm, over. That, yeah, explain, I mean, I was, I explain was what made you upset more than anything. I was really what the one thing that really upset me was that every time somebody became a new champion after the show and the cameras had been turned off, all the wrestlers would gather in the ring and congratulate the new champion. Well, I became champion. Cameras turned off. Not one single person came into that ring and congratulated me once. I know I tried to congratulate you a little over, man, but I was, um, I was, um, I was so disgusted in match. I mean, I, I got up and left for a match to even over with. I, I threw my freaking hands. I could not get over what I saw of the no selling. He wouldn't stay down. The two wolf pass land. He's still kicking out, and it was just like. You know, and actually, to mine, to mine and Bill's credit, after that match was over, we both left in disgust. We yeah. didn't even stay. We didn't even stay. I grabbed so, my freaking stuff, and so, I was so pissed off. On behalf of him and myself, we're sorry for not yes. congratulating you. But we were so upset and pissed at everything that went down, we left in disgust. We discussed the whole situation after we left. Oh, yeah, we were we, we talked about it. We it, was, it was an upsetting situation, and then shortly after that was when both of us left. I think going into 2012, you know, what happened? I don't understand this. Why we had a new champion when you didn't come in in 2012 as the champion? All of a sudden, what, we're doing a reboot, and then Damien's sick. Not, not that Josh didn't earn it, but the fact that, you know, Wolfgard didn't even get a chance to participate or even defend his title. You know, that's why he's, he'll be known as forever, a forever AEW champion because no one never beat him for that belt. All you know. I know is that I was gasping. I was given a call saying that they were doing a reboot. And Who called were, you? I think it was Chris. No, I never would have called you about a reboot. All Chris, I know you is, wasn't. All I know me, is that me, they, me and Chris got so upset so disgusted. I ain't left the political side thing to focus on my family, which did me no good. Christopher had issues. He had. Jay was, running, Jay was running it in 2012, if you remember correctly. All I know is I got the call saying that they were doing a reboot and... They were. They stripped uh, everyone the dollar. They, they were given the belt to Relic. That would have been a J call. That had to been J, man. It would have been J or J was running at the time. Me and Chris left. I had told Jay, I says, I'm here. I'll show up to shows and wrestle, or I'll wait, help you out. But you're running the company. I had to go back and try to work on my family at the time. Christopher had personal things going on. Christopher was, was upset. Christopher was, Christopher was upset with the whole. Creative direction because it, it turned into the Jay Don and Oz show. If you remember correctly, because that was 2011 going into 2012. I made a statement. It didn't feel like AWF anymore. Uh, I mean, well, my thing was is that I just didn't feel right that they were taking the title away from me and I hadn't even got a chance. I mean, I defended it a couple of times, but I mean, not taking away any anything from anybody that I've defended it against. But I mean. I just never was able, they just never gave me a chance to defend it at a big show. Yeah. It, it was, was always bullshit. a house show and never a big one. Like I said, I'm after me and Chris, man. We apologize the whole scenario. That was, Jay was running the promotion at the time. I'm not trying to put the 100% blame on him. I have no idea what called for the reboot. 
and why the decision was made for to put the belt on Josh. That was not my decision or Chris's decision. It was Jay. Jay was running at the time, all right, Chris? I mean, who else would it have been? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. You know? Uh, like I said, it was a while. It's hard to remember who called who. I'm like I said, we're not but saying Josh wasn't deserving. If that had been the case, then Wolfgar should be there to take on Josh to dedicate. It ended up being Josh and the professor face each other that dedication that year. It was, But, you know, we could all go back and forth. Like I said, this is the shootout. Then we're letting our frustrations out. Let the world be known. You know, but Wolfgar, I, I, we're getting close to the end of the show. You know, we, we touched on the main event. I want to, I want to come... I want you to come back, and we're going to do a part two about other matches and other angles and your independent career um, and stuff like that. But I'm going to end the show just like this, Wolfgar. Um, what is it that you want to do in wrestling now? What is it I want to do? Yes. Well, actually, I want to come back bigger and better than ever. I want to get me a tag team partner that's going to suit me more than anything else with the power and the speed that I can provide them because I mean out of all the tag team partners I've had Shane was actually the best because you know I can tag with anybody oh yeah I never had a problem tagging with anybody and Shane's has been the best one that I've tagged with but I want somebody that who can be there when I need them to be there and just tear through any federation because we're the biggest and baddest monsters out there and show them that titles don't mean shit and that we're there to break bones and make people bleed. Because as I've said time and time again, if you're in this business for titles, you don't need to be in it. You're in it for yourself and the fans. And I want to get those fans so pissed off and angry with me that I hear them cheering against me and all the negative emotions to show that they actually respect me and what I do. Outstanding, brother. All right, Rusty fans, that's all the time we have this week. I am your host, Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard, with my co-host this evening, Christopher Dwayne Dickens, the owner and CEO of Touch My Bass Productions. This show has been brought to you by... Chris, what's the show brought to you by? Right now, there's Dr. Pepper on the table. Right now, it's brought to you by Dr. Pepper, the greatest soft drink in all professional sports. Once again, I'm Survivor Payne Bill Blanchard. That's it for this week, wrestling fans. We'll see you next time. Good night.